0: You are listening to the voice of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'at. Ah, yeah, fantastic, huh? The names, the names of Allah. It's amazing how, uh, how they can, uh, you know, when you really focus on the meaning of the names of Allah, it's amazing what a transformatory effect they can have in your lives. Assalamu alaikum wa O oh my Lord, open for me my chest and ease my task for me and make loose the knot for my tongue that they may understand my speech. Welcome to Business Matters with me, your host, Alameen Templeton. Yeah, Allah Ta'ala's names. What a fantastic meditation uh, gift it is for us. You know, me and my wife, uh, we, we, we kind of like do a a, a meditation on some of Allah Ta'ala's names before we go to sleep. And, uh, you know, as, as, as we were going through the names, we kind of like adjusted our list and, you know, picked and choose, Not with any kind of like overall kind of plan, you know. And um, now we've been, you know, every night before we go to sleep, we make this sticker of, uh, I think it's five of Allah Ta'ala's names. And it only struck me, you know, we've been we've been doing this for about three or four years, and it only struck me a few nights ago, you know, as we've chopped and changed and then kind of like settled down on, okay, we're going to stick with these five. How um Al-Atal is kind of I don't know, just the way I see it, you know, Alatále is um, he's 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 kind of put them in an order for us, you know, he's put them in an order for us and. Uh, we start off with um, Al Hamid, the Praiseworthy. Then we go on to Al Khalik. You know, Al Hamid I think is uh, is number fifty six, and Al Khalik, Al Khalik is number number twelve. Al Khalik is number twelve. Then we go from Al Khalik to um, to Al Latif, which I think is number thirty two. Then we go from Al Latif uh, onto Al Khabir, the All Knowing. And Al M mm, Al Khabir, Al Khabir, uh, it's in the 40s. But it's in the 40s somewhere, I think. And uh, then we finish, no, then we then we go into Al Rashid. So we do six. We do ar Rashid, one who guides along the path of virtue, one who loves virtue and piety. And uh, then we finish off with Al Ali. And uh, I suddenly realised the other night, you know what? We start off in a and I run through the names. It's got like fully, fully Sunnah compliant um, order. You know, when you make du'a for Allah Taala, when you are seeking Allah Taala's help, you know, we, we're advised you should you should worship you should praise Allah first. So I mean we just uh, just the way it all works out. We start with praising Allah Ta'ala first and then we go on to Al Khalik. And I find uh you know um Zikr of Al Khalik when I when I concentrate on that, on the meaning of creator. And I think while I'm while while I'm meditating that, you know. Al Khalik the creator, Allah Ta'ala created me out of nothing. Like, you know, here I am, I'm in my head, I'm alive, everything is present. I'm sentient, I'm understanding, uh, I have life, I have hopes, everything about me. And uh, Allah Ta'ala created that out of nothing. He is my creator. So it's in many ways, uh, you know, it's uh, this is my beginning and my end when I'm when I'm uh, making zikr of Al-Khalik. Then we move on to Al-Latif. And, uh, you know, after initially admitting that yeah, Al-Khalik is my creator, and now move on to alatif he's most affectionate and know of intimate secrets uh it's like a, a a very reassuring kind of like um okay he's the creator he's not just the creator of me he's the creator of the entire universe he's the creator of all of of all the worlds and uh you know uh which is a very big thing and now it comes down to it's a very reassuring but he 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 is he's most affectionate and he's the know of intimate secrets it, it allows your heart to kind of like warm immediately to Allah, Ta'ala. Then, um, then after Al Latif, it goes on to Al Khabir, the all-knowing. But now this Al Khabir, this all-knowing, I call it the book I've got, kind of like refers to more, the kind of like the mysteries of the universe. More like, uh, not the, the Zahiri, the obvious, but the 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 Batini the the hidden, um, the sublime, uh, also the dark. You know, you know, Allah Ta'ala doesn't just know all the darkest, deepest reaches of the universe. He also knows the darkest, deepest corners in your heart. He knows, he he knows those secrets about yourself that even you don't know. You know those secrets that hold you back. You're desperately wanting to go ahead to improve yourself, and yet somehow or other you keep on stumbling. Allah Ta'ala knows why you're stumbling. Maybe you don't know why you're stumbling, and maybe you're never ever going to know why you're stumbling. And maybe that's why, you know, when, I, when I'm making zikr of al-khabir, that I hope that Allah Ta'ala is is going to is going to. You know, and it's, a, it's a reminding myself that I actually don't know everything about myself. I always tell myself, well, regularly I tell myself not to believe everything I think. You know, sometimes you can really get carried away with your own thoughts and then uh, find yourself in an unpleasant situation and uh, wishing that you had never ever stepped into it in the first place and wondering how the heck you did and how you can get out of it again. You know, that's where Allah Ta'ala's al-Khabir, the all-knowing, is very important in terms of overcoming these, these problems that we have, and we keep on stumbling over them, and we don't know why. Allah, Allah does know why. You know, He knows us better than we know ourselves. He's closer to us than the juggler being, He says in the Quran. And then we move from Al-Kharik, uh, the all-knowing, onto Al-Rashid, one who guides along the path of virtue. So, you know, even, even though I not am not able on my own, to extricate myself from my own problems and my own bad habits and my, my, my own repetitive failures. Allah Allah does know the way out. And uh, that's what I concentrate when I do in Arashid. And then after Arashid, it's Al-Ali, the Most High, uh, who exalts us, he blesses us with affluence and fulfills all our desires. So that's how I finish off anyway. The, the 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 thought only just struck me the other night that hey you know what you, all these years of, of us making zikr of Allah Allah's names Allah has structured it in a way so that um, yeah it's turned into well for me now it's it's uh, you know I suppose uh, the ulama say when you do something for forty days continuously without missing you start you you reach a certain level of sawab of reward hasana starts coming to you and uh, when you do it after another 40 days then the, the, then the hasana doubles another th- 40 days and it triples and so on you know and then you do it for 40 months and then you do it for 40 years you do it for 40 weeks 40 months 40 years and so the um the blessings start multiplying uh so yeah did it struck me the other night when i was just making that ticket that suddenly hey you know what Maybe this is what Allah Ta'ala is providing for us. Alhamdulillah. You know, we're just sticking with it night after night after night. And suddenly, suddenly it's taken on a whole new richness and a whole new meaning. Suddenly I'm on like a, on a, a path of discovery, a path of adventure, hopefully a, a path of reformation and improvement. Alhamdulillah. Um, really, it's, uh, it's amazing. You know, um, we started off. Uh, we were told, yeah, I know, you know, you've um, you we, you know, you've got that book with Allah Ta'ala's 99 names. I'm sure most of you have it at home. You've seen it. It's got the 99 names, uh, the explanation of the name and a brief virtue. It doesn't say where these virtues come from. It's more like a kind of like accumulated wisdom by the ummah. It's not like a, I haven't come across any, any, any hadith that uh, explain these things. I've never seen any. Maybe there are. I mean, you know, I'm not an Ali myself. can't exactly call myself an expert on Hadith in any way. But, uh, you know, but I'm regularly reading Hadith and many books on Hadith and so on. And I haven't come across any explaining, you know, mentioning these virtues that we see here. So I, got, I kind of like have uh, presumed that this is kind of like an, an accumulated virtue of like the Masheikh and someone coming together and saying, yeah, this is what this name is for. So, um you know, when we started making the Zikas, we were told, "Look you you know um, you mustn 't expect that these things are going to make a big change in your life uh, so, okay, but anyway, uh, you know we we're told to make Ziikala 's name, so we make it Ziallah 's names um, and now, like you know four or five years later um I wouldn't say that you know the stated virtues are something uh, very brought a, a change in our lives, but maybe that's just a lack of my lack of knowledge, lack of thankfulness, perhaps. <clears throat> yeah, we all got that problem, don't we? Um, so uh, yeah, I now I now suddenly am getting an, an incredible richness out of the um, out of the, the the zikr, the meditation, and. Uh, it has taken on a whole meaning all from itself and in itself and of itself. Um, that was in no way planned or deliberate uh, beforehand. And uh, I'm putting it down to the bounty of Allah Ta'ala, the barakah, the blessings. And uh, yeah, what it's what comes from steadfastness. Um, you know, I'm so inconsistent in so many other aspects of my life. But this is uh, like one little spark that we've managed to hold on to. And now it's really starting to shine for us. Um and so I can only encourage people to to do the same. Uh, make your own lists. Chop and chains, not too too soon and not, not too often, until you've got the kind of list that you want and um Inshallah, Allah Ta'ala will put his meaning into it. Yeah, yeah, it's um turned into yeah, a fantastic, a fantastic meditation. It really is sublime. Uh and uh making a big difference in my life now inshallah well anyway okay uh getting back to market news this is after all business matters with me your host alameen templeton uh did i say Alaikum? i think i did assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh um uh, right, coming up in the show, we've got a look at the markets, a look at the RAND, a look at inflation. Inflation figures coming out uh, today, we rather benign. Not much change uh, over last month and over last year's comparative month. E-tolls and highway costs we'll be having a look at, seeing as we've just got a new Director General in the Transport Department. Uh, Lesetia Chaniago tries to shut down Reserve Bank debate again. Um, very, very, very scared and brittle man, that man. He's got another five years ahead of us, ahead of him. Well, I suppose ahead of us too now. Um, if we live that long, we don't know. If we're going to live past this evening, uh, let alone past the end of the show. May I have mercy. Uh, independent Power Producers Office head is sacked as causing ructions all through the energy sector. It's not like uh, government has got a fantastic uh, track record in terms of independent power producers, uh, issued a whole lot of um, invitations for offer and so on a few years ago, appointed independent power producers, and then ESCOM turned around and refused to, to to buy the power from them because in the interim period, uh, because of the decline uh, for ESCOM services as a result of many people switching off and going on to their own independent, like, you know, Uh, their own um, uh, power solutions. Um, Now, the demand for ESCOM's electricity had fallen away, and uh, not only that, but it had brought on stream a few other uh, power stations, and so now ESCOM wasn't in a shortage of electricity, and uh, it refused to buy the electricity. And now uh, the independent power producer's uh, office head has been sacked, and uh, she's apparently quite a competent person. And uh, people are asking, mm, what's going to be happening here? And it all sort of happens on the same day as the new Director General moves in to, um, oh, no, so, sorry, that's a Transport Department. <laughs> sorry about that. Uh, uh, may, uh, making connections where there should be none. Okay, and then we uh, to finish off the show, inshallah, we'll have a look at who's winning Trump's trade war. It's not the United States and it's not China. Okay. So, anyway, today, a quick uh, look at the JSE. Uh, we see that the All-Share Index uh, fell back a bit, 57,718, down 1.01%. It's quite a big drop. Uh, it's uh, counter counterintuitive to all the other emerging markets, which are doing pretty well today. But then we seem to be kind of like disengaging from our emerging market basket of currencies. Hmm, maybe uh, Bloomberg and Reuters have been hearing my criticisms of their facetious, fallacious claims that they are journalism outlets. Can you believe it? They actually <laughs> they actually think they're journalists, but in actual fact they're not. They're currency traders. 90% of all currency trades in world markets happens on Bloomberg and Reuters terminals. 60% on Bloomberg and 30% on Reuters. Aha, uh-huh. Hmm. Yeah, and then these guys go and talk up and down currencies as they see fit, as it fits the uh, the daily trading requirements of their clients, and they fiddle and manipulate currencies all around the world. And uh, in fact, they're a shock and a shame to anyone who's uh, ever imagined that they're a journalist. I did once. Well, actually, I did once. I did it for quite a few years, run by twenty years of my life before, Allah showed me, no, in actual fact that is not the basis for identity what you do is not a basis for your identity, what you believe is a basis for your identity faith and family in terms of Islam, in terms of my going and looking at things, I can't find any other basis for identity in Islam other than family and faith These are the two things that will, uh, inshallah, last you your entire life if you die a Muslim. And when you die a Muslim, I was going to cut the family ties too. So you go into the Kaaba without your family ties. But above ground, those family ties are are there for your entire life. You know, even if your brother dies, uh, well... Uh, even if you, do, you travel right across to the other side of the earth and you never ever speak to your brother again, he remains your brother. Your sister remains your sister. Your father will be your father for the entire duration of your shared lifeline. And I'll, I'll tell you something. You know, you, you know, uh, trying to trying to bring up teenagers nowadays. Hmm? I have a stepson who's who's just moved in with us, and wow. Phew, well, boy, you're trying to get inside a teenager's head nowadays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's not an easy thing at all, is it? Huh? Yeah, yeah, very difficult. Yeah, the um, the system, the Kupur system, you know, holds us hostage to our basic humanity. Oh, you have children? Oh, really? Uh, medical costs? Boom, shoot through the roof. Oh, you want to put clothes on their back? Boom, shoot through the roof. Oh, you want to educate them? Boom. Wow, you want a nice house for them. You want nice friends for them. Oh, Oh, boy, you know, it really is a hard world for us. May Allah have mercy on the Muslim parents. And may Allah have mercy on the Muslim children. Don't give your parents a hard time, children. Don't give them a hard time. And I'll tell you something, you you resentful little teenage boy, hmm, 17 years old, and you, you know things now, right? You know things. You know thing, your parents have made mistakes there and there and there and there, and boy, when you're a teenager, you can feel that resentment build. It's amazing, you know, one moment it's all flat and calm, and the next moment you've got a, a tsunami heading your way, and it's 50 meters high. Yeah, really can be it really can be very difficult given advice to, to teenagers, but little teenagers, I want to say this to you: Your parents are your foundation. And any resentment you feel against any or either of your parents is only going to harm you. It is only going to harm you because when you're criticizing your parental foundation, you're undermining yourself. The stronger your tie you have with your parental foundation, the stronger your own identity is going to be. No matter what the problems are between yourself and your parents, you have to sort them out. And you have to think about it. You have to train your brain in such a way that you don't think harmful things about your parents. Because when you think harmful things about your parents, you're harming yourself. Really, you will be harming yourself. You cannot turn your back on your parents, because if you do, you're turning your back on yourself. And you cannot escape yourself. You turn your back on your parents, and you'll be trying to escape yourself your entire life. For as long as you have your backs turned to your parents, you will have your back turned to yourself, and you will be a stranger and an enemy to yourself. And you will go and you will build things in your life, and you will come to the end of your life, and you will want to have nothing to do with them. Mm. You will want to have nothing to do with them, most especially when you draw in your last breath. All of that that you have built without your parents, against your parents, will be evidence against you. It will be a weight against you. It will be witness against you. You'll have wasted your entire life dragging yourself into hell. Don't do that, boy. Don't do that, girl. Lurky, come on. Come on. Come on. Go and build those fences. Mend your ways. Huh? Life isn't that bad. Life is not that bad. And it's going to continue. And <laughs> it's going to continue, believe me. And it's going to be over faster than you can imagine. Faster than you can imagine. You know, one moment you'll be saying, "Ah, I'll give Salah, so miss this morning. The next thing you'll be 50 years old. Mm. Yeah, that's how life happens. That's how life happens. Well, okay, the All-Share Index today, 57,718, losing 1%. Um, uh, fifty uh, one thousand six hundred twenty six point six four is the top forty index losing one point one two percent, indicating perhaps in the marginally that um, international investors were less impressed with the JSE than the locals. The dollar, the rand, um, however, uh, lost ground earlier on in the day, mainly due to Tito Mboweni's remarks yesterday that uh, we're likely to collect less tax than uh, we had budgeted for at the beginning of the year. And we're also likely to take on more debt than we had budgeted towards the end of the year. So that's like a double whammy on both sides. And uh, the market didn't like it. And as a result of that, uh, the RAND was tanking earlier on in the trading session. But towards the end, it recovered. That's after the uh, inflation figures came out showing that we've got a benign inflation, uh, only increasing And uh, marginally, month on month, year on year, it's exactly the same. 4.5% inflation rate is what we're looking at right now here in South Africa. 4.5%, that's not a bad little growth rate. Um, And uh, we should be growing. We should be growing. We should be growing. You know, if it wasn't for the human beings in South Africa, we'd have a fantastic country. All right, so we are thirteen eighty six to the dollar right now, seventeen thirty two to the pound, and fifteen forty five to the euro. Gold is currently a thousand four hundred and twenty two, managing to stay above the thousand four hundred and twenty mark. That seems to be its uh, latest kind of like bar at the moment. And um, <clears throat> well, Iranian tensions aren't cooling down, but they're not heating up either. <clears throat> Fortunately, um, uh, Britain's headlong rush into World War III has been uh, momentarily stymied by that racist. Uh, what's his name? Boris Johnson, stepping into Number Ten. Imagine that. Going to sleep in a bed in Number Ten Downing Street. I'd be too scared. I'd be too scared. I'm sure there must be some of the nastiest gin in the world in that building, huh? Imagine going to sleep in Ten Downing Street. I don't think you would wake up with a soul. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be able to go to sleep in Ten Downing Street or in any room in the White House whatsoever. Um no, no, not at all. Uh, no 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 not at all indeed. Uh yeah, okay, so biggest winner on the JSE today was Sappy and uh followed up uh, in uh, oh no my, my um my 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 uh laptop has suddenly just decided it's gonna play tricks on me. My finger accidentally jabbed the wrong button, and the next thing I knew, I was heading heading down the wrong way. Sappy, the biggest winner on the JSE today, rising 3.79%. Tsogo's Sun uh, up at 2.43. That's uh, the uh, hotel and leisure side of the um, former Southern Suns Hotel Group. Uh, local hotels only, I think. No, no, not no, no. Sun International also split off for a while back. Okay, uh, so Distel, uh, it's uh, Alcohol Makers, uh, third biggest winner. Supergroup in fourth place, and Hammerson uh, taking up the fifth spot. Aspen, biggest loser. Hey, that uh, that debt burden uh, is difficult, you know. You can sell a few assets, but boy, it doesn't look as though Aspen is making a good deal of it. Lior Sad, what are you up to? Rainbow Chickens, another big loser. Uh, Ittle Tile, AVI, and Vivo uh, following up in that order. Um yeah, biggest most viewed chair as usual. Uh, uh Steinhoff, Sebanya in second place as usual, Aspen another regular appearance, uh, and EOH uh probably um well they're also a problematic group, yeah. Um of course there's the the there gold um the gold and platinum wage stalks going on at the moment. Um uh, but Sebanya Sebanya is always up there, even when it's not in the news. That's, uh, that's, uh, you know, there's some fiddling happening there with Sabanya. That's what it says says to me. There's some fiddling happening at Sabanya in terms of its share price, in terms of its shares, in terms of there's something funny happening at Sabanya, is all I can say. Something funny is going on at Sabanya. All right, so now let's go and dive down into the figures then, shall we? Uh, the JSE tumbled uh, on the back of losses among the biggest miners. The general mining index closed significantly weaker, despite marginal gains from platinum and gold mining. Other major indices uh, also tracked lower, although at a slower rate than mining. Uh, this trend contrasts with Asian markets. They closed mostly firmer. Even Nusper struggled to gain, despite Tencent closing 1.95% up on the Hangcent index. Uh, Consumer price index year and year was recorded at four point five percent, almost identical to its prior recording. While month on month it was zero point four percent from a prior recording of zero point three percent. So it's a slightly marginally, a little bit of a tickle upwards. Um, yeah, that's a, you know it's in indicating that there's growth in the economy. The rand traded relatively flat as it weakened to a session low of 13.94 before rebounding uh, to 13.87 at five o'clock. Anglo American closed the day 3.38% lower. Uh, BHP Group fell 4.7%. Xaro Resources dropped 2.7%. Africa Rainbow Minerals down. 3.06%. 3.06%. Other significant losers on the day included Aspen Pharmacare down 4.89%. Royal Buffer King Platinum which lost 8.57%. And Imperial Logistics which closed uh, 3.56% lower. Really need to go and check uh, the biggest losers and the biggest winners as uh, ShareNet is giving it to us on a daily basis. Because a lot of those numbers are bigger than the biggest losers on, the, according to uh, ShareNet's data. Oh, mm, interesting. Okay, well, anyway, uh, we're going to have to cross to the marketplace for a word from our sponsors. Inshallah, we'll be back in just a moment. You are listening to the voice of Ahlus Sunnah wal Jama'an. Assalamu alaikum, welcome back. Remember, if you want to call in and share your views on something in the markets or the business, or how you're making money, or you're not making money, or... Uh, perhaps uh, you don't like what the government's doing in this regard or that regard. Uh, And I'm sure there's uh, many people who have such feelings. Yeah, come on, Uh, share it with the other listeners, share it with me. Let's have a little bit of discussion on air and uh, we can see where we go. I just uh, received uh, a WhatsApp from uh, Yusuf Patel of Sherwood, sent a picture showing a Syrian boy crying. And the Syrian boy says, we pray six prayers a day. Fajr, Zor, Asa, Maghrib, Isha, and Janazah. <laughs> Isn't that sad? Huh? Isn't that sad? Yusuf says, do spare more than a dua. Shed a few tears for this human tragedy and cry. Be sad that we are living in such an awful and sad era. Ya, Rob, make us mouth and help the Ummah. Ameen, 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 Ameen. Ameen so yeah uh, if you want to if you want to whatsapp us if you' are not really all that keen on phoning in uh you can whatsapp us on o eight four seven eight six three one three two uh give it if, if you want it anonymous just say so i anonymous. don't mention my name or anything that's fine and and we can share your views that way so if you're a little bit shy uh and you're more a kind of like a uh a, a data person than you are voice well. We go both ways here at uh, Malka Sahaba, uh, looking at uh, the RAND uh, today. Um, uh, as we say, it went down uh, on Tito Mugwini's comments yesterday, but then on uh, inflation, uh, it rose uh, in the later session, uh, shaking off a growth downgrade by, both by the International Monetary Fund and the bailout for power from ESCOM. Uh, could uh, add pressure on the country's finances. The IMF in its World Economic Update uh, on Tuesday uh, slashed its 29 economic growth expectation for South Africa on 0.2, 0.7 percent from 1.2 percent in April. T uh, Dumbaweni Tuesday said government would give ESCOM uh, an extra 59 billion rand, easing concerns about the utility. Uh, so that might actually uh, be helpful towards the rand. But it also means that we, yeah, you and me, taxpayers, we're going to be spending that? And that's our money that's been spent. And uh, But nevertheless, um, Boweni uh, warned that tax revenues would be significantly lower and uh, debt would be significantly higher. Uh, so that hurt the RAND in the earlier sessions today. Uh, but then uh, low inflation and relatively high lending rates that uh, drew investors searching for high yield. Of course, that's for investors from as those lazy slugs from Europe and America and Japan, you know. Uh, the stagnating economies, the graying economies. You know, they've got too many old people, not enough young people. They've been too selfish their entire lives. they say, saying, I'm saving up for my retirement. I don't give a damn about my children or investing in my family. And as a result of this, they've now got uh, populations that are full at the top with gray-haired people and down at the bottom, fewer and fewer younger children running around. You know, in some, in some cities in Japan, uh, the old people are getting so depressed that there's so many old people everywhere. Everywhere it's gray, 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 gray. That they've a- actually taken to put in life-size cutouts of children at bus stops. You know, next, ne- ne- next to bus stops. You know, like you're walking to a pharmacy and you'll see that life-size cardboard cutout of the guy wa- waving, saying, hi, here's Preparation H, you need this. Um uh, <laughs> <the> <laughs> The, uh, they, they, they have a similar thing in Japan, no, no, not for preparation age, uh, but for, uh, for the old people. Just like cut out figures of children, like running, skipping, jumping, playing, happy-looking children. But is there are no children around. No children. You know, it's just like a city full of, uh, f- full of 50-year-olds and, uh, and up. Something like retirement villages and so on, on the seaside and so on. Uh, not enough young children going around. Uh, and as a result, of the, 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 that is in actual fact the main reason why America, Europe and Japan are having their big problems. It's their demographic problem. America claims to be fighting against terrorism. <laughs> but in actual fact, it's fighting against demographics and mathematics. America's economic problems are the main cause of its military adventures around the world. It's basically trying to grab as much as it can before uh, the spine of its economic might is finally broken, basically, by the rest of the world growing and catching up. So it's trying to grab on as much as it can now. You know, more than 800 military bases uh, dotted around the world. Uh, And, you know, yes, it's got the biggest military. It has the most fearsome weapons. But it's also got the most expensive military. And that is, of course, America's number one problem. They've tried to get it for free. They've tried with the the dollar being the national reserve currency, the national trade currency. Those two, of course, go hand in hand. Every now and then I I kind of give a a little mini-bayon on what what the meaning of that is, what petrodollars mean, how uh, oil sales, in actual fact, um, uh, are, are then invested in U.S. government bonds, in U.S. infrastructure, the same goes with, uh, with Britain and France. They do very similar things. So red, white, and blue alliance, you see. RIBA, RIBA merchants, that's what they're specializing in, RIBA, RIBA. And, uh, and that's, what they're, 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 that's their common identifying thread. They hold onto revenues that belong to other countries, and they use it to invest in their own infrastructure. That's how it all works, isn't it? Yeah. The wealthiest nations on earth stealing, stealing without any shame from the poorest nations on the earth. Well, now Britain has got Boris Johnson and America has Donald Trump. And they deserve it. They deserve it. It's a bit like, I don't know what we did to deserve Jacob Zuma, but we did get Jacob Zuma. And now he's gone. Hopefully we have learned our lesson. Um, But I'm not counting on it. But, you know, hopefully we have. Hopefully we've learned our lesson. Now, the United States has got Donald Trump and hopefully they're going to vote for him again for, for a second term. Maybe he'll even become dictator for life. Same with Boris Johnson. The British deserve him. The Americans deserve him. Now I'm just waiting for some real major idiot to come walking on the stage in Paris. Oh, uh, yes. I mean, it, it looks like destiny's curve is kind of like bending that way, wouldn't you say? Huh? Uh, Macron, just wait one moment. They are waiting in the wings, the little monster. If you thought that Napoleon was bit, <laughs> just you wait. However, um, uh, the low inflation uh, helped the rand, uh, and... Uh, yeah, in inflation, in interest rates across Europe and America, they've been cut. Could go even lower, and uh, you know, Europe is jumping on all kinds of little things. Oh boy, it looks like we've run out of time. Uh, we're not going to have time to go into why 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 Europe has been hurt by the European by the by the trade war. But anyway, emerging market uh, shares also fell this week. Uh, I, I mean today, uh, Hong Kong got a boost from progress on US China China trade talks. Uh, but you know, um, uh, global growth has already been stifled by the protracted impasse between the two biggest uh, economies in the world. While the resumption of trade talks appears to mitigate any near-term deterioration in US-China, U.S.-China tensions, investors are still not getting carried away. Seeing a meaningful deal, a meaningful deal, still some way off at this time, according to Han Tan, market analysts at FXTM. Uh, South Korean stocks fell. Indices in Mumbai, Moscow, and Johannesburg are also down. Currencies in developing world gained. Uh, so we were, we, we were counter that trend in early morning trade. Uh, but then we, uh, we fell into line when our inflation data came out better than expected. Uh, so anyway, today, Transport Minister Fakil Balula named Alec Moemi as Director General of the Transport Department. Now this guy, Moemi, is being penned as the guy who's going to fix the E-Tolls problem. Uh, he was previously Director General of Sport and Recreation. What a great place to get uh, financial literacy um, experience in sports and recreation. Great. So he's come from sports and recreation. He's going to fix E-Tolls. It seems m- more to me like Moemi has been set up as a as a useful idiot than anything else. Uh, his priorities are filling critical posts and getting uh, friends into positions, 20 of, 21 of which are senior posts and the appointment of boards and executives at several entities within the transport department's portfolio. He's also going to focus on addressing challenges at PRASA, that's uh, passenger rail here in South Africa, and eTolls. Uh, that's very funny. Um, Fikila Mbalula, the transport minister, said, yeah, this is the guy, he's going to sort out PRASA. Like you know, you know he's lying when he says that, because uh, Jeremy Cronin, who was then the head of the South African Communist, deputy head of the South African Communist Party back in 1998, uh, was in the Constitutional Court saying uh, that uh, the violence uh, being exacted on passengers on. on passenger trains across South Africa, was in actual fact... I was there, I was covering the court case. was an assault against the proletariat, against the working class. And he, as like the big cheese in the Communist Party, was going to fix things. Mm. <laughs> like, I, I, I promise you, the people in South Africa who say they're communists, in actual fact, they haven't the faintest clue about Marxism or socialism, any of the theory, anything. They just know... Just like uh, claiming that you're a member of the ANC or claiming that you're chief executive of Anglo-American. It's a good branding opportunity, you know. It's an opportunity to go and loot, but nothing else, you know. You can just stay. I mean, if Kielan Balula can stand up and say that he's a communist and uh, clearly he knows nothing about Marxism and so on. Well, then anybody can And uh, anyway, so, yeah, um, Jeremy Cronin stood up in the Constitutional Court and said, yeah, the Communist Party was going to get this fixed. I think he was the head of the Portfolio Committee on Transport at the time. Well, the main problem was, you see, that the railway police had been disbanded in the last few years of of apartheid. And now you have a situation where... uh, where every time passengers are beaten up on, on, on Transnet's trains, on Spoonet's trains, Spoonet says, hey, listen, you know what? Uh, passenger safety is not our concern, is not our business. That's not our core business. Our business is taking a train, from one the beginning of the line to the end of the line. Then we bring it back again. That is our business. We are not responsible for passenger safety. We are responsible for making sure that the trains are in a good condition. They're not very good at that either. Uh, and uh, passengers are not our. Passenger safety, passenger violence, violence between passengers, disputes, uh, um, criminals on the trains, that is not our responsibility. Our public safety is not our responsibility. The police said, yeah, public safety is our responsibility, but, 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 but. these railway lines, these railway lines is private property. Now, 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 Spurnet uh, and, uh, you know, Uh, The business of what's going on in private property is not police business. So, therefore, uh, you know, passenger safety on trains is not police business. And that's basically it, you see. Uh, In order to solve the problem, what you need is a bit of uh, central leadership, you know. You actually need uh, a hard-working politician. But it would appear that at 91,000 rand a month, uh, most people become politicians. They're not interested in being hard-working politicians. In fact, it seems to me most of them are interested in getting like free plane flights all over the place, and getting a nice holiday house on the beach. That seems to be their priorities. But being hardworking politicians, no. And clearly, no hard-working politician has actually stepped into this particular breach for, when was that, 98? 21 years, for 21 years. Not one senior politician uh, from either the ANC or the DA or anywhere has stepped forward and said, We're going to solve the problems on South African passenger rail. They haven't. They haven't. They've done nothing. They made promises. Just like Fakilim Bulule is lying here, so Jeremy Cronin was lying in 1998. So, anyway, so you, you, you just know that this joker that's been brought from uh, the sports department to come and solve ETOLs. I I, I mean, that sounds like a joke, doesn't it? It does. It sounds like a joke. It sounds like an Englishman, a Scotsman and an Irishman uh, walking to a pub. We have got some guys pulled over from the sports department who's going to now overcome a really intractable, two really intractable problems. One which has been around since 1998, well, even before that. But again, we got to the Constitutional Court in 1998. The Constitutional Court made orders that the government must do stuff, but of course no no action was taken. Uh, Making a joke of the Constitution and the Constitutional Court and of course of the ANC's claims to be a human rights organization as well. But anyway you know it's uh, it's easy to say these things isn't it in in this day of uh, they call it identity politics you see you can stand up and you can say yes well you know I'm a social democrat um and i really do believe in green issues you know these are very important for me i'm um, green issues um, uh, um, i'm i'm half gay um and sometimes i, I, I tend towards uh, heterosexuality and uh, i like to wear uh, clothing made out of hemp um I, 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 a bicycle to work in the mornings. You know, all of these kind of things. This is who I am. This is who my identity is. All of which is artificially contrived. It's got absolutely nothing to do with nothing. Uh, There's no real sincerity. There isn't any sincerity. There's no belief in it. Uh, And so, you know, it's, uh, you know, today you're a Democrat. You're like, you know, the 1960s, you hippies. And uh, in uh, the, the, the 2020s, you Nazis. Hmm? And 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 you switch in between these roles. When In the morning you're one thing, in the afternoon you're another thing. Because you have got an artificial identity. And as such, it can be thrown away just as easily as a new one can be put on. In Islam, there's only two bases for identity. I don't know if maybe there's an alim who can contradict me on this issue. This is, of course, just my home-spun kind of um, knowledge that has been nailed onto my head uh, in the last 19 years as a Muslim. I can only see two bases for identity, family and faith, nothing else, nothing else. You want your money, you want your wealth, you want your cars, you want your friends, you want your house, you want your neighborhood, you want your business. Allah Ta'ala is going to take all of that away from you. It's going to take all of that away from you in your life. Before you die, Allah Ta'ala is going to take all of that away from you. So why are you basing your identity on these things that are not constant? You want to base your identity on something solid and constant and unchanging, dependable, reliable. That's what you base your identity on. Hmm? You want to base your identity on your private parts. Boy. I tell you what, your private parts are not a compass. You try and follow your private parts as a compass and it is going to take you all over the place. You're going to get into very heated discussions. You're going to become very angry. You're going to have some very, very, very strange friends. Very strange friends. Your gender is not a basis for identity. Your sexuality is not a basis for identity. All of these are socially determined. Or they they go through fashions. Or or they go through all kinds of other different things in terms of society, mixing with other people. No, your identity is rooted only in yourself, inside you. That is what you base your identity on. Not other stuff that is open up for negotiation with society. Your identity should be non-negotiable, unchanging. Yeah, that's what it's all about. Uh, anyway, so now we've got the joker from the sports department who's going to change around etols. Oh, really? Uh, Mbalula said, this is the, 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 the transport minister, uh, you know, he used to sing, my president, my president, and then, uh, you know, even before Zuma had got him to be president, that made him a senior member of the ANC, and he was shouting down Zuma straight away. So anyway, so you know, Mbalula says one thing one day, and the next day he says something else. Uh, He says resolving etols is not an easy matter. He says it cannot be resolved through populism, which is his speciality, uh, by suggesting etols must not be paid. No, in actual fact, that's the only way to resolve it. Don't listen to him. Like I said, the guy's a liar. So uh, when he says that populism cannot uh, solve this problem, it will solve the problem. Refuse to pay the etols. That's the way you do it. You cut off the oxygen. Uh, He says if people do not pay or nobody comes to the party, what are the consequences for this country? Huh? With an alien economy, how is, it there? how is that going to affect our borrowing capacity and debt position? <laughs> He's speaking with a real coconut accent, isn't he? Uh, we have found ourselves in as a result of e How does the user pay potential apply with the ever-expanding needs and congestion on the roads, he asked. Mbalula said there are many options the Department of Transport has examined, and by the end of the process there will be one option, only one option to take forward, he said. Right, the option, only option is do not pay. Do not pay. I encourage the whole of South Africa not to pay your e Uh Because, well, we'll take you back to 2015. e toll opposition group ATA has conched the numbers, said business take in 2015, detailing how much upgrade of 185 kilometers of Joburg's roads should have cost according to the experts. To date, Sanral has not provided a detailed insight onto the cost of the Gauteng Freeway Improvement Project, thereby giving society another reason to shun the e system. That's according to Wayne Duvenach, the outer chairman, uh, government's lack of clarity on the has opened up conjecture about what it is that they are not telling the public, he said then. According to Duvenach, the final price of uh, the upgrades of all the highways, 185 kilometers worth of highways, excluding the ETOL infrastructure, totaled 17.9 billion rand. That was the final bill, which was a massive leap from Sanro's original estimates of 6.4 billion rand in 2006. So it went from 6.4 billion rand, final cost 17.9 billion rand. You know, all the big fat guys from cabinet have come in and, and, and chowed. They chowed down here. On top of the road construction costs, the project incurred a further, another 2.7 billion rand for e tollin related infrastructure. Of course, hugely inflated as well, taking the total to 20.6 billion rands. billion rands, final cost, and we were told in 2006 it would cost 6.4 billion rands. It was later revealed by the Competition Commission that collusion had taken place by construction companies. Oh, how strange. But now it's not just construction companies. Construction companies can only collude with the politicians. Mm, Not necessarily, but, uh, you know, the politicians had to be there. They had to be in the mix. Uh, otherwise none of this would have been allowed to go forward. Otherwise the politicians would have been officious bystanders and would have said, That price is not right. Yeah, is the international cost per kilometer to build the highway. And let's compare your prices, they're completely out of whack. It's like you know, we'd be before someone goes and sells his car second hand, he goes on to OLX oh, to check what uh, what other cars have been sold for that price. You know? I mean other cars of that model have been sold for. Same way, government could have done exactly the same thing. Of course, they didn't do the same thing because the politicians had taken a backhander. Outer uh, argued that upgrade costs uh, could, uh, should have been lower. Government would have not have approved the e as a means of funding, as the cost would have been proportionally too large. To find out uh, how much figures were inflated, Outer contracted quantity surveyors, project and civil engineers and other professionals to do a cost analysis of the improvement project. Uh, They asked what is 185 kilometers of freeway plus an additional 30 kilometers for interchange work, 185 kilometers of concrete barriers, 185 kilometers of median lighting with masts 50 meters apart, two new two-lane flyovers of one kilometer each, the equivalent of 5,000 square meters of overhead bridge construction and 7,000 square meters of underpass bridge work. The group came to a total of 10.8 billion rands in 2010 prices, showing that the final project was overcharged by around 7.1 billion rands. That's what the politicians pocketed. And of course, uh, prices were also inflated uh, on the side of the construction companies as well. Divenacher said it was doubtful that the full amount could be chalked up to tender collusion alone, and noted that maladministration, fraud, and incompetence could also have been at play. Had uh, the improvement project, the highway improvement project, coming at around our uh, estimated 10.8 billion rand, and had the Minister of Transport, who was then Jeff Kadebe, oh, jeez. Don't ever let that guy in. In fact, I think we should take away South African citizenship. Uh, if, uh, and had the Minister of Transport known Etol construction costs would be over one billion rand per annum, what might his rational conclusion to the Etol decision as a funding mechanism be? He said it is inconceivable that the public be required to settle a large and unwanted debt incurred by the authorities. Aside from the other issues of meaningless public consultation, the onerous conditions and unworkability of the scheme, it is clear that society has every reason to reject, to reject the Etol decision, simply because it is an odious debt, Divanaka said. Yeah, okay, so, they are uh, overcharged by around about 7 billion rands, uh, overcharged by 7.1 billion rands, right? So then, uh, the government and civil construction firms reached an agreement in October two thousand and sixteen, uh, after finding by the Competition Commission that there had been collusion. So they were fined one point four billion rand. Hmm? They made a profit, or they made an illegal gain of seven point one billion rand, and they were fined one point four billion rand. That just kind of like says, "Go ahead, guys, rip off the fiscus, rip off the fiscus." Lesetia Ghaniago says that the debate over the mandate of the Reserve Bank is making uh, the country's debt far more expensive and it needs to stop. It needs to stop, he says. Uh, But then if you just consider what he said in specific relation to this, he said, our risk premium has increased by about three quarters of a percentage point over the past five years. So now we uh, we have over the last like uh, one and a half months like a limping, half-hearted kind of Reserve Bank mandate debate in our typical South African fashion, where we like chop axes into our heads rather than put meaning into each other's heads, and uh, and now this has affected our our debt repayment costs over the last five years. Nonsense, nonsense. They say to Kanyago, he just doesn't like criticism as far as I can tell, far too brittle and far too sensitive to be a Reserve Bank governor, but a good, obedient little guy who will do as he's told. I reckon that's probably why Adesetio Chaniago is the Reserve Bank governor, because he doesn't have much of a spine. Look, if you can't take the heat, get out of the kitchen, so the saying goes. And it would appear that the pixie dust and the upper floors of the Reserve Bank building uh, Lissetia, that rarefied atmosphere is just not good for you, I'm afraid. Uh, really, you need to try and expand your mind, become a lot more flexible. Just consider huh, what you could do with the South African rand if you had all mineral sales passing through your hands. Imagine, Lissetia, what kind of power you would have. Hmm? You release metals onto the market according to the South African economy's interests. Not according to the um, interests of a mining company that would like uh, to uh, lower the value of the rand because it sells its uh, its um, commodities in dollars and it pays its workers in rands. Hmm? You don't leave uh, the you don't leave these things in people's hands like that, Lesetia. No, you need a spine if you want to be the Reserve Bank Governor, a real Reserve Bank Governor. So. That's all we have time for today. Jazakum Allah for joining us. I make dua that whatever trade and activity you got up to is profitable. And above all, halal. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.